Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday. Hashtag Necro Thursday, which means it's mm-hmm. time for the latest installment of the Necromaniacs podcast. How's it going, Mike? It is going well. What's up, everybody? Tonight, you're with Mr. Hill and Mr. Scandato. Uh, we record this on a very lovely mid-August Sunday evening and bring it to you guys on Thursdays. Uh, how was your uh, How was your weekend? It was nice, man. I, it was my mom's birthday, and uh, oh. I went up to visit her and hang out with my family over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, came back today and you know, doing errands and all this other stuff. And you, and you Mike, you have fun? You have a good weekend? I did. Uh, Friday, Stella and I went to uh, Long Beach, Long Island, which uh, I have never been in my life, actually, that town. I don't know how, but I, I think maybe I've you know driven through there at some point, but never actually hung out there or went to the beach. Uh, a friend of hers uh, lives there, and we, you know, we went to this private beach and a pool and had a great day because I, I took Friday off as a vacation day mike so oh wow look at, look at you yes look at me look at me i get i get a lot of like paid time off that i don't use mm-hmm. and uh you know time to start using it as they say so yeah it was a good day good weekend i've been there before you know i i, I don't know if you know this but i have ties to long island you know mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh dragones and the molinaries that side of the family are uh, mm-hmm. Long Island people, so I have uh, family ties on Long Island. Yeah, I have both family from dad's and mom's side in Long Island, in Suffolk and Nassau County. So I know a little bit about Long Island. I played some some cool shows in Long Island the past few years with Inhuman and The Last Stand, and yeah, I like Long Island a lot. No beef, no beef with Long Island for me. Strong Island, Strong Island, indeed. Yes, suffocation. Come on, you know. Oh, How yeah, can you totally. film Long Island? Yeah. Yeah, Death Cycle, you know. Yeah, Death Cycle, Kill Your Idols, yep. you know. Hell yeah. But uh, Crumb Suckers, yeah, going way back. So it was fun. Um, you know, didn't uh, didn't really do a ton of show going in the past week, which is something I've usually been doing. Uh, saw a show this afternoon, saw our friends uh, Enraged play at Bowery Electric, which was nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of shit on the horizon for September and October with shows. But August is uh, not too crazy. Yeah, it looks a little quiet on the show front, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's nice for it not to be 1,000 degrees out in the past few days, too. This is true, man. It was oppressively hot over the last week or so, and it seems to have chilled out a bit. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it. I mean, I don't want summer to end just yet. I love me the summer. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I'll take this 80-degree stuff, too, you know? I don't know if you heard, but uh, Jeff had a run-in with a scorpion in his uh, in his apartment or his house down in uh, down in Austin recently. What? No. <laughs> yeah. A scorpion? Yep. Jesus. That's some Man, Texas Texas style. is like a Australia junior. <laughs> Dude, what the like, hell's going on? That's some Texas shit for sure, for sure you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, wait. Did he get stung? No, but uh, it was in uh, – it is a, is it just showed up in his house. Like his uh, three cats had it fucking circled. And, oh, uh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Dude, you don't see too many scorpions in Brooklyn or New Jersey. That's for sure. No. I mean, I would burn the house down. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> 
I mean, I know Texas has like these spiders too, and I'm I'm not down with any of that. Get hell, the hell out of here. Hell no. <laughs> so wait, with it's it sounds like something out of a movie, like the cats, like you know, circling around the the the, the scorpion. It's like what is going on? Yeah, and uh, you you know, for those of you who listened last week, you probably already heard the story, but apparently, uh, the landlord had done some kind of procedure with uh you know pest control mm-hmm. so the scorpion was like a little you know a little fucked up you know what i mean it was wow. it, already, it had already been poisoned so the thing just mm-hmm. died like in front of him <laughs> whoa how big is like is it like like six inches big like how big are these things apparently this motherfucker was like the size of like a rat it was like a big oh fucking, my god stop you know, it was like a monster man <laughs> oh crap Whoa, like, I mean, I would just be like, like horrified slash speechless. Like if I saw it, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a city guy, man. These things just, whoa, I can't yeah. even wrap my head around it. Yeah, you know, I, I would they're probably, listening, yeah. making fun of me right now. But hey, man, I don't give a fuck. I would probably scream. Um, <laughs> and then I would, I'd probably run away, man. I don't know. I don't fucking yeah. do with a scorpion. I don't know what to do with I don't know anything about a scorpion. I don't know how to make a scorpion. You know what the fuck, you know? I mean, I would reach for the biggest book, I guess, I, I, I could find, and, and, in, and in hopes of <laughs> smashing it into oblivion. And, and imagine if you miss. Oh, my Dude, God. That fucking sketchy, like, stinger that it's got. Whoa, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it could have hurt the cats, though, huh, man? Jesus. You know what? I'm not too worried about cats, bro. Honestly. <laughs> They're fucking little murderers, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, cats cats can do damage. I mean, and they they they're, they could be fighters, you know? Yeah. yeah. They're fast, dude. Mm-hmm. You know? And they're evasive. So, uh, you know, I yeah, of course I would worry about the cats. But, you know, they can... Cats are fucking deadly, dude. Hmm. Oh, yeah. They, they are, they're predators. They are predators, yeah. cats. But, I mean... Scorpion. That's that's uh, that's its own episode. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, that's really you know. I think some listeners would enjoy that. <laughs> um, yeah, man. You know, like I said, born and raised in Brooklyn, city guy. Like, if I see a bug that's a certain size, I'm not even having that. Like, you know, and I and I've seen big ass bugs in Brooklyn, in New York. You know, water bugs, roaches, whatever the hell they yeah. are. But uh, wow, scorpion. That would take the cake. Well, you know, even even where I'm from, because you know, I'm, I'm a country, I'm country, Mike. You know, and you're seeing yes. Mike. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. even even where I grew up, they don't have scorpions. You know, I mean, they have like, no. uh, like you know, like other various you know things, but no no scorpions up there. <laughs> yeah, it's you get like he's like a super exterminator. You need like you know, <laughs> like forget those little canisters that they use in in Brooklyn or whatever. They need like some kind of like you know extra strength shit. Texas style. Yeah. Oh, Texas <laughs> yeah. style. Yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas, as they say. Wow. <laughs> Including horrific things that enter your home. But uh, aside from that, a uh, little excursion, uh, have you been, you've been checking anything out that's cool? Yeah. I saw some really cool stuff. Uh, Rennie recommended this movie called Bull. Mm-hmm. And it's on Showtime. And it, stars neil maskell who was in kill list he played the character jay oh okay yeah and it's a fucking incredible movie man it's really good yeah 
it's okay. um it's supernatural and it's also a very bleak revenge film oh i'm i'm in yeah i'm gonna dude. check it out hmm. it's it's so, a new film 2022 um it came out in the last few years yeah oh okay Rel- relatively okay. new um and the supernatural element it's like it, if they took that out it would still work as a crime revenge film but the supernatural part makes it even cooler because it's almost like uh you know my take and this is going to segue into the next thing it's mm-hmm. almost like this could have been a story that John Constantine would have would have been involved in because you know it's Brit- mm-hmm. it's british it takes place in the uk it mm-hmm. has like a like a demonic element to it uh revenge crime okay so it, okay. it almost like in in another life this same story John Constantine could have showed up to uh to solve the crime well it it sounds fucking very cool and I, i'm definitely gonna check it out bull on yeah. showtime yep and then very uh, nice. you know i'm gonna segue into this next uh vertigo item here i have started watching sandman mm-hmm. me too i'm on episode six yeah you know i and so mm-hmm. far so far i like it actually i do too um i i i have to say as it's moving along it's kind of getting better and better i gotta tell you the episode six with the introduction of death, honestly, I got like, there's that, that scene where they, you know, spoiler alert, where they, they go and see that old man, that old Jewish man who's dying. Mm-hmm. I got the chills during that scene. Yeah. I literally got the chills during that scene. And I, I thought that was great. And I, I think uh, she definitely nails death's like aura and like attitude, like from the comic. I really do. So, which I was afraid of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if you've been if you've read something and you've been a fi- fan of something for so long, uh, literally nearly thirty years for me actually, just shy of thirty years, and all of a sudden it's going to be like a TV show or a movie. It's like the expectations are fucking through the roof, right? I mean, absolutely, yeah. Um, and if it's not a certain way, it's going to break your heart. But honestly, so far, man, I really, really like it, and all the the changes that they have made have to have landed as you know what it's fine it's okay i'm still loving the show and morpheus is literally near perfect i feel like this guy no yeah the guy they got to play morpheus is great you know and I, i'm mm-hmm. i'm i haven't made it up to that episode yet but um mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah there's some changes you know like like lucian would have been I, mm-hmm. I was hoping to see him with his crazy hair and stuff but yeah mm-hmm. but the character Lu- lucienne or whatever she's cool mm-hmm. i'm down with her yeah i know. mean again it's like once you see it like you know seeing reading about all the changes it was like okay well this has changed that's changed there's a gender swap there's this you know blah 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 but when you're watching it though i think it it really just flows well and it's done well and the heart is in the right place and you, like if if you're thinking to yourself that you're going to care about all that shit i think you're not going to care as you're watching it is what i'm saying like it it the changes don't matter like it's sandman like it's still fucking sandman you know yeah no that's that's my take on it too man i really really enjoyed it um so far you know and i got to get deeper into it um yeah and um it's funny. There's a, a lot of very anxious viewers since apparently he's doing very well, Good. which I, I figured it would do well. 
but they haven't they haven't said anything about season two yet. Uh, but you know what? It, it began a week of literally not even two weeks ago. So for Netflix to not give it, okay, we've ordered season two, is kind of par for the course. And I think some fans need to be a little patient. Um, do I think it'll get season two? Yes. I just think it's not coming tomorrow. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the okay. I just yeah. I don't think studios are doing that right away anymore. They're like especially with everything that's you know been going on at Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, I think they they're being a little more cautious with things. And Netflix likes to cancel shit. Right. So you know, let's let's let it breathe a little, right? Sure. Let let the season wrap up, or or I mean, you know, let it let it have some time with people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I know it's a very expensive show, and and but you know uh, I'm okay that they haven't announced season two because I do think it will get a season two. So, yeah, yeah. I picked up um, a um, a book that I've been kind of obsessing over for the last several years. Um, it's a collection of, of uh, Carl Edward Wagner's horror fiction. Uh, it's mm. rare. There's only 500 copies, and uh, it's called. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's called When the Summer Ends. And, uh, I like the title. Yeah, I like. I've been scoping this out, trying to locate a copy, and I and like, um, I've seen it everywhere from like two hundred dollars to five hundred bucks. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those books. You know what I mean? You can't find it. It's way out of print. There isn't there. There isn't even like a Kindle edition of this book. So well, uh, well, I won't ask how much you paid. I hope you paid a decent price. For oh it. no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you guys. I mean, you know. Sometimes it's worth spending like some money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I had some um, rewards points with Amazon, like on my Amazon mm -hmm. card. You know, I have a the oh, credit, wow. credit account, you know. And, you know, I don't, I don't go crazy with spending things on credit. You know what I mean? I, if I have like a balance, I pay it off at the end of the month, like that kind of thing. Uh -huh. And um, so I had like a, 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 I think 50 bucks maybe in credit. Mm -hmm. So, um, the I ended up paying about a hundred dollars for this not bad one of five hundred volume book, and uh, that's the cheapest I've seen it anywhere. And I was like, all right, cool. It was listed as acceptable condition, but I got to tell you, man, when I got it, it was in great. I would say near mint, <laughs> near mint condition. It looked like it. Was wow. a, it looked like it might have been a library book at one point. Okay. Yeah. So maybe a library was getting rid of stuff or whatever, and and um, yeah, it's I've been I've been tearing it up, man. It's great. It's like got so uh, many two of the stories I'd already read, but like there's a bunch of material in there that it was brand new to me. It's always fun when things get undergraded, right? Like yeah. instead of overgraded, it's a nice, pleasant surprise when it's like uh, so you order a record on Discogs and it's and it's. VG plus when you bring it home and it's like, Oh shit comes in the mail. It's Oh, this is fucking near mint. It's not VG plus. It's fucking perfect. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So no, totally. that's always fun. You yeah. know, for those, those of you out there, like Carlo Wagner is not necessarily a household name, but, um, but you know, he's someone who I really enjoy. Uh, he passed away a number of years ago. Um, yeah, he was like one of those guys. He's like, you know, into like metal and punk and, you know, horror and he wrote he had his probably most notable for kane his uh mm -hmm. dark dark fantasy sword and sorcery character but uh oh, wow. yeah you know but he also had a, a ton of like really great horror stories out there well i with something like that i think it'll only go up in value so uh, good on you for getting uh, getting a copy yeah 
Oh. And what about you, Mike? You check anything out? Um, I am completely caught up on Better Call Saul. We've got one episode left, man. Uh, tomorrow, right? It's uh, Better Call Saul comes out on Mondays, and this coming Monday is the final episode. So, uh, you know, not going to spoil anything about that show, but I, man, do I fucking love it. It's, it is literally up there with like my like five favorite shows ever. Honestly, Better Call Saul. What about you? Yeah, so far I've been uh, rediscovering it. You know, I, I mm-hmm. uh, like I was telling you, I fell off, and I'm rewatching mm-hmm. the. You know, I'm on the first. Uh, you know, the first season again. It gets, just, better, it gets better. It gets better. I'm enjoying it's it. Though, man. I'm, I still mm. think I think it's great. Like I've really been enjoying it. You know, and, and I'm uh, looking forward to really getting into it. And um, yeah, caught up on Animal Kingdom. I think there's only two episodes left of that, and then that'll be all she wrote for that. And uh, let's see. Aside from that, again, I'm several behind on my Joe Bobs. But I literally in the midst of watching the Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker Joe Bob. Nice. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just so funny that all the, the, the stuff that we cover and then that he covers them. It's almost like, you know, you get that that double whammy of, of information, Mike. You know, you get to you get to hear stuff that we talked about and then you get to hear stuff that that he knows. And well, he usually knows more than we know. So that's the good part about watching his. Right? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen that episode yet either. You know, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm also a little bit behind on some of those, but uh, I look forward to checking that out. Um, I'm interested to see in his next season if he covers some of the stuff that we did recently, because <laughs> there's a couple of couple of movies we talked about that scream last driving. I agree, I agree, and and we'll we'll see what the fates uh, have in store for us with that. Yeah, and that's all I'll say there. But uh, you know. That's yeah. I I'm watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, which is the the great uh, horror comedy on uh, FX. Uh, I'm of several episodes behind. This new season is very funny, but I need to catch up because I'm hearing that I'm I'm missing out on on some like hilarious shit. Uh, but that's a great show. Um, but yeah, that's about it. And oh, as far as reading goes, I I just finished reading a trade. Uh, from Marvel, Mephisto, Speak of the Devil. It's a bunch of like, a bunch of cool kind of one-offs of Mephisto stories, you know, that mm-hmm. go from like his first appearance, you know, Silver Surfer back in the day. Then there's some 70s stuff, some 80s stuff, some 90s stuff, some a, a lot of misadventures with uh, Thanos and, you know, Doctor Strange. So, yeah, I got to feel like this really nice price, like not even 20 bucks, and it's got like a, a $40 cover price. So, Mephisto speak of the devil. Nice. Um, my next train uh, reading is uh, this Flash. Uh, Jeff Johns run of Flash, which okay. was a really fun run of Flash back in the early aughts. Uh, I've just started reading that. Like that was that was a good time to be reading the Flash. Actually, um, Jeff Johns kind of breathed new life in, into the character, and tons of like you know the Flash Rogue stuff, and a lot of Reverse Flash, and you know. Just like fun DC reading, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I fun, enjoyed that. Mo- actually. Fun modern DC reading, you know. Jeff and, Johns uh, is uh, yeah. known for breathing life back into characters. I feel like he sure is, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some weird shit I think happened with him with the with the DC movie stuff. I mean, I'm not even sure what his current standing is over at DC. Um, he kind of took 
a backseat from the actual writing of the comics into doing being very involved with the films. But then I heard he's not so much involved with the films. I don't know. I can't keep up with these things. So, but I always thought he was an awesome comic book writer. So yeah. Me too. Hell yeah. Um, let's get to some plugs before we discuss tonight's film, Mike. What do you say? It sounds like we're about at that point of the show. We got to talk yes. about our buddies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mondays. That- Stop what you're doing. And listen to the Horror Wolf 666 podcast coming at you every Monday with new episodes. Right, Mike? And on Tuesday, who do we got? We got Jackie Smith with Into the Necrosphere. If you're a fan of extreme music and specifically black metal, definitely check Mm -hmm. out Jackie's show. On Wednesday, we have none other than Mike Hill himself with his podcast, Everything Went Black. On Thursday, you have the podcast you're listening to right now, folks. The Necromaniacs podcast coming at you every Thursday with a new episode. And on Friday, we have Break the Apocalypse, who just celebrated their 100th episode, Mike. Hell yeah, man. Good for them. Yeah, they're uh, they're kicking ass. Uh, Give everyone we just mentioned a follow. And uh, check them out. We've got all five days of your weekday covered, don't we? You know, that's pretty cool, man. I was, I've been like, uh, you know, kind of thinking about that and feeling real, you know, real proud of everybody creating all this yeah, content. Yeah, man, everybody's you know, uh, kicking cool. ass. Yeah, it's doing Everybody's good. kicking ass. Everybody's checking them out. And, you know, it, it's good to be a part of uh, other good work, as they say. Yeah, fuck yeah. Tonight, kids, uh, old Mike Scandato is going to be covering with Mr. Hill a new movie. Past few episodes, we've done stuff from the 70s and 80s, it seems. But tonight is is my turn at bat with uh, a brand new film, a film that's been getting a lot of buzz, a film that's on the this is one of the best horror movies of the year kind of, uh, you know, vibes. And uh, that would be the Alex Garland film Men. Right, Mike? That's right. Men. <laughs> now, when I first heard about this, and I think I first saw the trailer, again, I'm not sure if this was one of those Rennie email thread trailers or not, or if it actually might have been something that my brother John Draper and Shaheen might have told me about first. It's, you know, the memories are getting jumbled. And, like, I saw the title of the movie, and I was like, men, okay. Is this going to be some woke garbage movie? Folks, it is not a woke garbage movie. It just has this very interesting title, Men. Um, the trailer, though, intrigued me months back. I got to say, right off the bat, the trailer was intriguing because it was a creepy trailer. Mike, do you remember the trailer? Yeah, I saw it in a theater, and I can't remember what movie. It might have been The Northman. And um, mm. it was one of the trailers, definitely The Northman, because I saw it in a movie oh, theater. Okay. Yeah, and they played yeah. the trailer. And I remember, I was like, oh, this looks great, man. You know, this looks really cool. It's got this kind of folky horror element. There's, like, the woods. There's Mm -hmm. some creepy guy, you know. It's, like, in the English countryside. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is, like, some Arthur Mackin, you know, cool shit, you know. Yeah, it clicked a lot of boxes. It definitely piqued my interest. And and I remember going, yep, going to see this movie. This looks really interesting because it's – it didn't give away the whole house, the trailer, like way too many do, 
right, lately? Yeah. In, at least in the last couple of years. Um, and the name, I mean, I, I like the name is like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, um, you know, like, nope. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. like, what, what is this? What is it? You can't, you don't know what it is. You know, I like when you don't really know what you're in store for. Right. You know, nope. I'm actually planning to see that. I, I, I think that, um, that movie actually looks pretty good. Yeah. I, I've, I mean, you know, I have not seen it yet. I am going to see it. And I heard it takes a really wild turn, which is intriguing me even more to see it. So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I'm not a big fan of uh you know the the filmmaker, but um, like I not for no you know, please uh, don't brand me a racist or anything like that. But it's got nothing to do with that. I just don't really You're not a racist. I'm, no. you know, I don't don't you know I'm not a Nazi or a white supremacist no. or you know I'm not like the you know the Proud Boys or anything like that. I just <laughs> I um just I liked Get Out, but yes. I don't think I don't think. Uh, Peel has ever gotten back to that level of quality with any of his other movies. Well, yeah, I mean, again, haven't seen this one. My brother saw it, and uh, Shaheen from Break the Apocalypse. They both saw it, and they liked it, and they 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 talked about it as much as they could about it without really giving anything away. And even just from what they said, uh, and uh, you know, two weeks back, I think or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I got to see this movie. Yeah, no, it just looks solid, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like a, to me, it looks like a good summertime movie. It's like an alien. There's like spaceships. Yeah. You know, it looks cool. Um, And there's a a presence of a monkey, like, which is, again, like I heard it's just like a trip. So, you know, that makes me totally want to see it. Right on. But tonight we're not talking about that film. (laughs) We are talking about Alec Garland's men. And folks, I, I am ashamed to say I have not seen Alex Garland's film aside from Dread, Mike. That's the oh. only movie of his I've seen. And he's like not even credited as the director of Dread. There's that whole kind of story about that movie. I've not seen Ex Machina and I have not seen Annihilation, Mike. You have seen both of those movies? Yes, yes. Um, both of them I liked. Uh, uh-huh. I liked Ex, Ex Machina better. Um, Annihilation was book based on a book series. And, um, you know, it's got a little bit of a cosmic horror, like Lovecraftian kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I really got to see it. I don't yeah. know what the fuck I've been doing for the past whatever years, but I got to see these movies. Pretty, pretty solid movie. Um, Ex Machina, in some ways, I think, addresses some of the same topics in as, uh, as he does in Men. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, you know, hmm. we could talk about that later, but, you know, there's like... Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that in there. There's like an incredibly uh, toxic male character in the Ex Machina, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, yeah, there's a. I mean, that's what a lot of this film is about, you know, and and uh, but but we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, I enjoyed Ex Machina. I thought that was great. Yeah, uh, just to kick it off, get the uh, you know the, the crux of the the movie out of the way. 2022 folk horror film written and directed by Alex Garland. Stars Jesse Buckley as a widowed woman traveling on holiday to a countryside village who becomes disturbed and tormented by strange men in the village, all nearly all of which are portrayed by the same person, actor Rory Kinnear. Uh, film was released in the States in May, uh, May 20th, 2022, by the uh, infamous Beloved by Some, but not as beloved by others, A24. Uh, it was released in the UK on June 1st. 
Um, what do you? I mean, I like A twenty four movies for sure. the most part. I know yeah. I've, I've read some people kind of giving a crap about you know being a little too kind of you know thinking the term elevated horror is a bad term, and I don't know. Honestly, I don't even use that term myself. That's a it's fake just, term. It's it's just horror movies. It's new horror movies, and it's just different types of horror movies, and some are better than others, and that's that. Like elevated horror yeah i mean i don't know it's yeah. a, it's a dumb term don't like, you agree so, yeah similar to like uh how people say like you know post rock and all this bullshit yeah oh, i don't favorite like post black metal your yeah. favorite term ever. i don't, I don't yeah. think any <laughs> i don't think anyone ever sets out to make like a elevated horror movie i think they just no. like want to make a, a horror movie that is like smart you know and and artistic and creative and yeah some of the a24 stuff could be a little artsy fartsy for sure right you know right right but let's not forget they also brought us x too exactly i mean come on and you know more more hits than misses for fuck's sake right yeah no you know they had they had a lot of they have a lot of great stuff man and like i i at the lighthouse uh you know fucking great great movies you know and and the thing is, I think that, you know, horror has always been like a forward thinking genre. Like they've always been going on to the next thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that that's this elevated horror thing is is made up. It's a made up term, you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, it's like you're putting yourself in the company of good shit. You know what I'm saying? Of quality horror. Uh, why would you not want to be among that? company right i mean i don't know I like hereditary hereditary is a great fucking movie like, yeah, you know man. what i'm saying totally. um and i i definitely look i'll be honest there's some of those vibes here 100 percent uh like that that uncomfortableness uh in the the, the the suicide scene and the the marriage scene and like that that definitely to me gave me though the a24 horror vibes you no know? It did, you know, and, and once again, it in a good way. Like, it's creative, yeah. it's visually appealing, like, it's shot really well, the acting's good, you know, it doesn't, you know, that there isn't, like, any kind of campy nature to it, and there isn't, it's relying on actual filmmaking, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I mean, look, essentially, there's, you could say there's two people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Buckley and Rory Kinnear, and they're both fucking really good actors, right? Uh, they're I mean, great, they're excellent. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, why would you not want to see really good acting and a good script in a fucking horror movie? There's, there's no reason to not want that. I mean, look, if you're if trauma is your bag, maybe this isn't your bag or maybe you like both. But like me, I don't you. Know, to, to knock a, to knock something for being well done just doesn't really make sense to me. No, I, and, and I'm, you know, I like all kinds, both of us, we love all sorts of yeah. movies and we like the campy stuff, we like the extreme stuff, and we like this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, like the more creative, like, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, one yeah, thing I, I have to you. say, though, is it, it's mm-hmm. funny, like, the character that Jesse Buckley plays, Harper Marlowe, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but all the years that I spent traveling the subway in New York City, like, uh, if there, <laughs> this has happened to me on a number of occasions where, um, it'd be like not super late at night, but maybe like 10 o'clock where, uh, I would be sitting with, uh, 
you know, maybe like a couple of seats around me and like mm-hmm. a, I would be going maybe on the F train through like Park Slope or something like that. And like a, a lady would get on the train and intentionally not sit anywhere near me. And, <laughs> and Oh, yeah. Harper Marlowe uh, is that woman. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yes, she looks like that. Oh, well, yeah, she has that vibe, that look, I will say. Yeah, she does. Um, you know, that's it's that's a funny little little take there, but uh I would say an accurate take. As someone who has ridden the train many times and 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 seen women who kind of look like that. So it's kind mm-hmm. of funny. Um but yeah, honestly I, I was gonna say like I was I was kind of creeped out almost right away at the start of this film because I that the the scene in the apartment with her and, and her husband was just very um real and and visceral and yeah. very like kind of fucked me up much like that suicide scene and in, in uh, midsummer was yes. it oh, the, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that just like really just i don't know man like very kind of i guess a24 fucked upness we'll call it right yeah yeah definitely yeah it was super dark man and so i mean the setting of this film is that harper is a, a recent widow yeah and her husband committed suicide, as Mike said, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, so obviously there's a lot of emotional baggage associated with something like that. You know what I mean? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've actually discussed this movie uh, a bunch with uh, with people. Um, mm-hmm. My friend, uh, you know, Tina, who I've been spending a lot of time with, we were, she hasn't seen this movie with me yet. But, you know, we were talking about it and she was like talking about suicide and the impact of that and you know people who threaten suicide if somebody is going to leave them and Mm. how that is like a super fucking just fucked up abuse that you can do to somebody and that's kind of like you know because like the husband threatens to kill himself because they're in the middle of this like breakup you know right so that's like one one thing that's out there right now about this and male behavior i guess you know yeah um the title the title men honestly comes comes into play because honestly all of the men in this movie are well let's just say fucked up right i mean um whether they're mentally fucked up or they're they're fucked up in the way they treat uh harper physically or emotionally or verbally or right that's you know it's it's an interesting word play right yeah, it's like there's the it's this meditation on all of the negative aspects of male behavior. You know what I yes. mean? Without showing any good things at all ever, you know, in this film. It's like there's no positive attributes being displayed by any any of the male characters. It's only the negative stuff, really. The closest though, like you gotta say the closest is is Jeffrey who it seems well-meaning, but he's also, he's kind of like up and down. Yeah. Like he, he seems like a well-meaning guy, but then he'll say something weird, like something that like 20 years ago, David Brent on The Office might have said to a woman, which was like inappropriate. Like you know what I'm that's literally at times what he reminded me of. Like I love the British office um, and the character, you know, David Brent is fucking hilarious. But like some of the things that kind of came out of Jeffrey's mouth literally reminded me of, of that character, which is kind of funny. But ultimately, he turns out to be obviously shitty himself. Um, 
you know, again, as, as we're meeting the other men, um, like the, 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 the vicar, who's the priest, and that the, the boy, who we'll call him, I tell you, man, that scene was also super creepy. Like, he's like a boy with a man face. Yeah, that, yeah. That CGI, like, whatever special effects they used was just very creepy, no? By the way, just in general, there's um, there's not a lot of special effects, but when they mm. have some kind of special effect in this film, it's incredibly well done. Well, that ending is yeah. is loaded with special effects, right? But, but I mean, it's not like, like the movie out of the thing. Like you know what I'm saying, they're out of like yeah. John Carpenter's The Thing, fucking yeah. like wild, in your face kind of effects. They're like they seem like quite practical, maybe a some CGI, but. A lot of it looks like it's like happening right there in front of you, which is awesome. Yeah, but the movie's not loaded up with moments like that, though. You know no, I mean? it's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, in the very beginning, it's almost like you're dealing with like a spooky house, kind of like someone stalking me kind of movie. Like, you know, it's kind of like almost like a basic story of this grieving woman in this house all alone in the countryside and the countryside's kind of spooky, right? Uh, it looks almost like something you might have even seen before until it becomes, well, not that, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and the scene, there's a scene where she goes for a walk in the woods and, mm -hmm. um, you know, she goes to this tunnel and that's where she sees this guy, this man. Yeah, and we can't even really see him too well either, which I thought was really cool. He's yeah. very in distance. You know, and, and you know, um, uh, you know, I'm country Mike. You know, I grew up in the country. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I used to go for walks in the woods when I was a kid. So uh, I remember one time, man, I was like way out, far away from the main road. And um, yeah, I saw a group of guys out there. I couldn't tell what they were doing, but they saw me. And mm. it was like super fucking scary. And that scene reminded me of that <laughs> because they, they saw me. And then like, I was like, oh shit, these guys see me. And then I just turned around and I fucking ran. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I was a little kid, you know, and who the fuck knows oh, what they yeah. did to me. You know what I mean? No, totally. I mean, it is really well shot, this movie. Uh, I already said how well acted it is. It, it is really nice looking film. I mean, the cinematography and the outside scenes and like the colors and it's, you know, it, it, it it's, it's very like easy on the eyes. If, if you're into this kind of like occult kind of folk thing, like it, it has those trappings, but I don't think it relies too heavily on that, you know, because it does mix in like drama, you know, and it mixes in like, just kind of like, you don't really know what the fuck is going to happen next. Right. Yeah, the I found it. What I found interesting was like let's let's talk about this uh, this naked guy that's out there. Yeah, out there. The pulpy aspect. Yes. Yeah, because he's he's like um, a kind of like the linchpin of the story with Harper out there in her, mm -hmm. in her creepy house, you know. And uh, you know, so she keeps she saw the guy out in the woods, right? And then there's this whole part of the film where he shows up on her pro on the property of the house that she's staying at. She's like, you know, mm -hmm. just looking in the windows and you see him in the background and she yeah, has, we a, see him, but she doesn't see him. Yes. Yeah. yeah we, like the viewer sees him. Yep. She has a friend that's back in the city. Um, I forgot her, what, what was her name? Her friend, but, um, uh, 
Gail. Gail. Yeah, uh, Riley, Riley. Riley. Uh, played Riley. by Gail Rankin. Yep. Riley. Right, Riley is her buddy that lives back in the city, and they have, um, you know, these like Skype conversations, like they're checking in on each other, and you know, she's like her friend. And um, during one of the conversations, there, uh, you can see over her shoulder the figure of a nude man out in the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, so there's this lurking presence that's, uh, you know, uncomfortable, and the fact that he's naked too. You know what I mean? It's like creepy. And uh, that is, uh, you know, motivates her to you know, call the police. And that's mm-hmm. when we start seeing the uh, interaction of the police and they pick the guy up. And then the kind of indifference to this guy, you know, it's like, well. Yeah, like the cops aren't like, especially, the again, the male cop is kind of a dick. Like he's, you know, uh, and the female cop is asking her questions. Female cop seems nice enough, but things, I don't know, things seem a bit off. Right. I mean, you know, with their response and yeah, yeah, the way totally. kind of treating the scenario. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and uh, I guess that's like where you start getting the sense of like that the trappings of like the folk horror genre, like usually in those stories, there's a small town. There's mm-hmm. the, the locals who seem to have their own understanding of things. Um, the outsider, you know, Harper, she's the outsider. And then there's mm. like the strange happenings. Right. And uh, I wouldn't say that this there's a couple other things in the film, like the the green man, you know, like they have um, they're they're in like a church and then you see this carving of the green man. And that's um, for anyone out there who's familiar with like, uh, you know, British folklore or like northern mm-hmm. European folklore, there's like the idea that there's an entity, a wood, a woods entity, entity called mm-hmm. the green man. And he shows mm-hmm. up, they have him in church, you know, a lot of British Christian churches have him and uh, different pubs. It's like a, a thing in England. Okay, now. Yes, he yeah. is a, he's a symbol of rebirth uh, and representing a cycle of new growth that happens every spring. Um, and also along with the green man, there's what is called the Sheila Nagig as well, which is the carving of a naked woman with an exaggerated revolver. These two carvings are next to each other in this church the green man and the sheila nagig and the green man comes into play i think obviously quite heavily um because it, apparently it is spring when this movie is happening yeah and um you know again we, we refer to this creepy strange guy as the green man and yeah i mean again b- before we started the show i was talking to mike about how sometimes a lot of these like the folk horror stuff, like for me personally as a viewer, um, as much as I like it, I personally am not super versed in all kind of pagan, you know, things, so to speak. Right. So I usually like to go back and read up on either the movie or, or watch a YouTube clip or go on Wikipedia and like the green man is, is like kind of like a perfect example of that. Like, you know, you kind of like, well, well what the fuck is it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other, the other aspect of the green man is, um, he's related to an, um, the, the entity's called, uh, Sir Nunos and, uh, mm-hmm. like the king of the hunt. Okay. Now the green man goes into the underworld during, uh, during the, 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 um, the winter and is killed by, and I forget the name of the female character, 
Okay, so there's that. Which be Sheila Nagig? It could be. I'm trying to remember the actual name, man. But it's like I should have. I should have actually researched this before the mm. episode. But that's what was th- going through my mind when I was watching this. You know how? Okay, well he's the green man. Why? You know he seems to be like a fucking destroyer. He doesn't seem like to have anything to do with rebirth, really, except mm-hmm. for that one scene that comes down down later. Well, no, I mean, here's the thing. Here's what I got out of it with the green man and the repeated rebirths at the very end of the movie. Uh, If you think about it, all of those rebirths didn't involve a woman, didn't involve Sheila Nagig, didn't involve Jesse Buckley's Harper character. Therefore, they were all men yeah, and they were all the same man, meaning you're getting a repeat of the same shit. Like you're w- without a woman, it's just a repeated cycle of bad shit, like over and over again. And the the in this case in the movie, the bad shit of all the shitty men that she has met and her shitty ex husband. That's yeah, what I got. Because like that's uh, once again we're probably ruining the <laughs> spoil the film, but like fuck it. You have no, to I know. Look, like, we got to tell listeners this movie is really hard to talk about without kind of doing that, honestly. No, exactly. But also this is uh, our take on what's going on too. Yeah. So, it's our take. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, you might, someone out there, you might watch this movie and be like, Oh no, I think it was this. So I think that's why it validates us spoiling the film mm-hmm. because you know, this is what you and I like are coming up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a trippy movie, man. And there's a lot, of, it's I mean, very trippy. yeah, this is not <laughs> ruining it. This is not ruining the viewing experience by going into all this stuff because it's a tripped out film. It, it really is. And it's, I mean, the last, what is it, 20 minutes is really unlike anything you'll probably see this year in horror. Yeah, or maybe no, absolutely. In the next couple of years. Um, you know, aside from like the body horror stuff, obviously, you know, like the new Cronenberg. I mean, but that's that's different from even this, right, Mike? I mean, wouldn't you say this is really its own thing, man? You know, because it's like, like I said, it. Uh, yeah, technically, I guess you can call it a uh, you know a folk horror film, but it's it's more of like a a meditation, like a like a hallucinogenic meditation on men and women relating to each other, and and without without being like woke. It really is a meditation. No, it, I don't think it's nah, not woke man. at all. It's it's real. It's yeah. like it's it's. It's guttural and real and visceral. I just, you know, it's 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 not a happy film. Uh, I mean, we're not. not let, let, let's not pretend like like men are perfect. You know what I mean? Like I no. know, I know now. Yeah. They, you know, these days I'm I'm super defensive of women attacking men. You know, for being mm-hmm. you know for masculinity and oh no, you can't lift weights. You know anymore because it's mm-hmm. cool to be a fat fuck these days and like it's all good <laughs> to be like, you know, some fucking weak ass like. You know, it's like, it's not cool to be strong. You know, I guess that's kind of like mm. what I'm getting at. But like, this doesn't really do that. This is a very, very deep emotional exploration of the frailties and shortcomings of the of men, really. Yeah. And, and in this particular woman's life, it's it's this, it's her story. It's it's not, I don't think it's a blanket term. I think it's yeah. It's, it's a story. It's a singular story. It can be extremely relatable, though. Hell, it can be relatable to a man 
in a relationship with a shitty woman. Yep. No, I totally. mean, absolutely. Like there, there have been men in relationship with women, uh, with women who've threatened suicide and threatened this and, and caused violence and pain and em- emotional damage and physical damage. So honestly, it's a relatable film for either sex, in my opinion, but it does a really good job of showing, aside from the occult, pagan folklore stuff, like the the, the dark, shitty relationship that you could have with somebody who you're trying to leave, rightfully so, and they're, you know, making it impossible to do that. And just it's just yeah, it's just kind of like harsh, you know. It's a harsh movie. It, it is a harsh film, no doubt. And and let's get it. Let's just put this out there for sure. Like her husband's mm. a fucking asshole for killing himself. Yeah, no, that's the thing, man. You're with someone who's a shitty guy, you know. He he's 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 physically punched you in the face, okay? Which he does in this movie, that's which right. is another hard scene. He's threatened suicide if you leave him. Um, blaming pretty much everything on you. Um, we don't, that's the interesting thing. We don't even know the, like everything, right? I mean, we know enough though, you know, (laughs) we know that he sucks, but we don't even really know like a ton about the relationship. You could, one could say, but it's like, you know, enough to know she's got to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Like you, you, you side with her. Um, yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. yeah, Cause like you get the sense that this guy's a weak piece of shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he punches her. He's and, you know, he's gaslighting her. And yep. all of this stuff is reflected back when she's at the house and she starts meeting mm-hmm. these different incarnations of the same guy, basically. And viewers, the very interesting thing that uh, Alex Garland does is if you're really paying attention, um, these guys all look alike, too, yeah, because the they are actor, literally played yeah. by the same person, Roy Kinnear. Um, you know, it, I think it hit me. I'm trying to remember at the point it hit me that, oh, my God, these this is the same person. Like, like you're supposed to even realize it's the same person because it's a representative of kind of her ex-husband. Right. I mean, it's like a lot of interesting things come into play. And I feel like it's so important to not lose that while you're watching this movie. Some people I've read did not like this movie at all. Um but I don't know. I feel like, again, it, it made it so kind of like original and different, I thought, like this whole idea that, you know, the the really shitty guy in her life is the is in a way the guys the the new men that she's meeting are just representations of this horrible former relationship and marriage. And each guy has uh, that she meets in the town is basically representative of one of his shitty qualities. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah, it's really well done. And and uh, the creepiest is, well, there's two creeps. Uh, the thing that I yeah. found really just really disturbing was the the kid with the dude's mm-hmm. face. He had this creepy-ass, like, rat face. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, like, it's like a man-boy, boy-man yeah. face. Weird, yeah. And, and he just seemed so menacing, too. Like he wanted mm-hmm. her to play. He runs into her and in like I think in the cemetery maybe or the yes yeah. church churchyard cemetery. Yeah, and he wants to like play hide and seek with her, and she's like, no, you know, and, and he gets like super aggressive, and then you're like, what the hell is this kid gonna do, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I felt like, like really fucking uncomfortable, 
like with this guy, this little kid with this like male, like grown up rat face that he has. And he bears a likeness to, to Jeffrey. The, the vicar at the church bears a likeness. They all bear a likeness to Jeffrey, the guy who, who showed around the house, the guy who owns the house. But a little off, like, you know, the hair is different or this is a little different, but the facial structure is the same. And the, and the boy, as we'll call him, um, is wearing this mask, this creepy, like, female mask of, like, a girl with blonde hair, right? Like those old-school Halloween masks? Yeah. I thought that was super creepy, too. Yeah, totally, you know? And, and uh, yeah, so he's, like... And he, he makes an appearance later on in the film, you know? Mm-hmm. And also the vicar. Because, and I'm going to tell you about the vicar, why I found that guy really, really uh, unsavory. All right, you know, you know how, like... Um, you know, I know a lot of you guys out there have probably experienced like you got, you know, your, your, your ex-girlfriend or your girlfriend or whatever. And there's like some dude who's friends, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, but you suspect oh, who move in, who, who move on in, yeah. uh, you know, once you, they know the relationship is over. Yeah. You suspect like he's playing some kind of long, long game, you know, where he's like planning on you guys breaking up at some point so he can step in, you know what I mean? And, uh, and you, those are the kinds of guys that you just, they're, they're not, they're not my kind of guys. You know what I mean? No, no. So the vicar had that vibe, you know, he's supposed <laughs> to be a man of God, right? He's supposed to be, uh, you know, this holy man, right? And, uh, <laughs> he runs into her at the, uh, the, you know, the church cemetery and, um, you know, he's like, oh, you, you, uh, you seem like you need someone to talk to. And, you know, he's just very <laughs> understanding. And, and he tells her, tell, she tells him that, that uh, her husband, you know, punched her. Mm-hmm. And that's when he, his true colors come out where he's like, well, you know, did you give him an opportunity to apologize and this? Yeah. And, and the whole gaslighting aspect to him comes out. And then you're like, oh yeah, this guy's like a total piece of shit. Like he and his hand is on her knee. Yeah, yeah, mind. that's the thing. He he yeah. like mm-hmm. he's like you need someone to talk to. And you see his hand. And he puts his hand on her leg, like all creepy and everything. And I'm like, piece of shit. Look at this guy. He's like, you know, totally like, <laughs> like I'm saying, like one of those guys. Oh, you can trust me, man. You know. Oh yeah, tell me about him. You know, like you, like when you're you got some lady or that you're with and. Some guys like tell me all the bad things about Mike. You know what? What a horrible person he was, and all this stuff. You know. Meanwhile, that guy's play, playing the game. You know, he's playing this game. You know, that's kind right. of how I the, felt. The vicar about represents it. the kind of, you know, maybe the sleazier aspect of, of the husband, right? The gaslighting aspect. The boy represents the anger and the violence. I feel like of the husband. Yes. Um, and I think Jeffrey represents the dismissiveness of the husband. That's right. Jeffrey is like, like Jeffrey's like, oh, everything's fine and this and that. And he makes these jokes. And you know what I'm saying? Like he that that's kind of what I took it as. Um, and the, the policeman is also very dismissive, who's also uh, played by Rory Kinnear. Um, again, all these all these qualities that 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 kind of add up, you know, yeah, yeah, totally, man. And, and uh, yeah, it's really well done the way they do that. Each each one of these men is like a different aspect, you know, and it's like, yeah, this whole movie is like this kind of meditation about her failed relationship and the shittiness of this one guy. And and I, I guess that's kind of like, I, I, you know, going into this movie, I was like, all right, they're just going to bash 
every all men, you know, and it's going to be this thing and I'm going to feel pissed off at the end. Like everyone's the same, but I mm-hmm. didn't really get that sense. You know what I mean? I got the sense no, that it's like very specific. It's very like, okay, this is about like, you know, like the bad things that a woman or anyone really, you know, you can, you can superimpose this over any relationship. It's like a bad relationship film, you know? Agree a hundred percent. Um, the thing is, I almost feel like the occult, imagine if they took the occult angle out of the movie and just kind of based it around meeting these guys, you know, in the, you know, it almost feels like two movies at once in a weird way, no? Yeah, I could see that, you know, um, yeah, I mean, with, you know, that's a good point, you know, without the occult angle. It just kind of makes it a, a relationship drama, you know? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like a dark drama. At some point in the movie, I it was reminding me a bit of the Babadook in that where I was asking myself, is all of this real? Is all of this kind of really happening? Or is she just basically a tormented, griefed woman? Did, you, did anything like that come across your head? Absolutely. I mean... You know, because there are certain things in the film, like like seeing the naked guy, you know what I mean? And the cops being like, okay, it's just like this uh, vagrant, you know? And then I thought that maybe everything other than that might have been like some, you know, stress-related hallucination, you know what I mean? But what actually ties it into reality is her friend. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm with you, but I, for the sake of the movie, I believe that everything that we saw on screen was intended to actually have happened. I don't think any of it was a hallucination. Right. And and speaking of the friend, um, Riley, played by Gail Rankin, Gail Rankin was in the very cool Glow on uh, Netflix. Did you watch Glow? I have it, man. I haven't checked that out. That was actually very good. It was like two seasons. Very cool. And she's in the movie Her Smell um, <laughs> with what's her name from uh, Mad Men, Elizabeth Moss. Check that movie out. By her right. Smell. Really cool yeah, Her Smell. <laughs> yep. That's the name of the movie. Wow. Uh, it's about a female rock star. Very wild movie. Very interesting. Uh, you'll dig it. But the thing is, like, did you notice when she was on the phone with the friend, like, the weird, like, phone issues like what was that about did you like you know yeah that represented something and i'm not sure exactly what that something was well i couldn't really come up with anything only because like you gotta remember she's out in the in the hinterlands somewhere Mm -hmm. so it's conceivable that they might not have the best like internet connection no right but it was very intentional you know yes that, that that and i haven't really been able to work out what that meant if anything you know, mm. well, the other thing about her friend, um, uh, you know, as we, we, we get to the end of the film is that we see that the friend is pregnant and we never knew she was pregnant throughout right. this whole time. That's right. Which ties in rebirth and ties in the green man and ties in the spring season, which the movie takes place in. Um, so th- there's something there. Obviously, <laughs> because 
again, uh, like you were saying, like, you know, you believe everything did happen to me. I guess what eventually reinforced the fact that everything did happen was at the very end. The friend pulls up and sees like the mess of the front yard. And, and, and you know, she sees like blood everywhere. And, you know, and it's like, OK, shit, something something happened, you know. Um, and yeah, and she gets out of the car and she's and she's pregnant and she, and she sees uh, Harper uh, sitting on like steps or whatever. And, and Harper like smiles and looks at her. And, you know, again, I feel like. It's just so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like an, like... Another thought that came to mind was that like maybe um, and they didn't really go into this and there is really no other no other than me just thinking of this. This didn't really pop in. This wasn't justified. This is just a thought that I had was that maybe she went on a, a murder rampage and just fucking <laughs> killed these people because mm-hmm. of her grief and, you know, any kind of like a lot of these like things that you saw were induced by her own grief. But that kind of goes against the whole you know message of the movie. Like that actually would be in line with gaslighting somebody. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. she lost, you know, she lost her mind. She's crazy. She went nuts and killed all these people. And I don't think that was the point of the film. So that's why ultimately that angle I think isn't really accurate for the movie. Right. Look, and a bunch of bizarre, a bunch of bonkers shit happens before the friend shows up. Uh, got a little ahead of myself, um, you know, in, involving a knife and splitting an arm in two. And uh, this uh, again, it literally just reminded me of John Carpenter's The Thing, the last 20 minutes of the film. Totally. Um, you know, I almost kind of want to leave that alone for the listeners. Uh to, to exactly what transpires but it's a lot of just people coming out of other people let's just say you know yeah, they're, they're, i was thinking the same thing about how that reminded me of that that you know some of the better you know parts of the more compelling like uh you know effects and the thing superimposed over this storyline just were, were really horrific you know and i mean i will say that the last person to be birthed is James, the, you know, the, the husband. Uh, and he's, you know, naked and covered in blood or whatever the hell. And she just finally asks him, what do you want from me? And he just replies, I want your love. And that's when the friend arrives at the house. And it's just like, again, it's like, did she kill him? Because she had an accident. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what is there to kill? Like, is he even like, is he there? Like, what? Like, honestly, I almost felt like that was. She didn't kill him. He's dead. You know what I'm saying? Right. I feel like what that was was the closure. You know, and that's why, like, when her friend pulls up and sees her outside, and she's alive and she's smiling, like. I don't know, maybe like there was it was symbolic closure. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I dig that, man. I, I can I can get with that because she seems at peace at the end. Yes. You know, and, and I guess like in a larger sense, like maybe that's like, you know, part of the, the whole trip of the movie is like, you know, you have to go through hell to get through all this like stuff, you know what I mean? Like people who go through abuse have to, you know, maybe kill certain aspects of themselves you know, mm-hmm. and kill certain aspects of this person that's putting him through this stuff to get on the other side of it, you know? 
Mm. Weird reviews of this movie out there, man. Um, Kevin Mayer of the Times gave it a two out of five. It culminates in a protracted, effects-filled birthing sequence that manages, comma, after 90 minutes of man-hating to be aggressively misogynistic. Hmm. That was misogynistic after 90 minutes of man-hating. And then we get another two out of five from The Independent. It suggests that excess, uh, it suggests that all a male filmmaker needs to do to earn his feminist credentials <laughs> is to show us men doing bad things. Yeah, hmm. that's not fair. No, it's not. Uh, Rolling Stone, too much is spent reiterating certain gorish thrills and slick political points that don't benefit from the added scrutiny encouraged by repetition. Even the grand, ecstatic, pathetic fear of the movie's climax fizzles rather than shimmers. I don't think these people reviewing this are into horror films. Nah, and they're also coming from like the uh, Patriot.com far right uh, point <laughs> oh, no. of view. Obviously, the Rolling Stone people are not. I, mean, I doubt that's where they're coming from. But I feel like, why do look? Why do you and I not feel like we watch ninety minutes of man hating? I don't know, and that's the thing. It's like, like I, and I'm I'm like really sensitive about that shit. Yes, I, I do a lot so of stuff. I. I do a lot of things that most women probably think is toxic. You know what I mean? As far as like, I fucking lift weights. I like, you know, I train fucking combat sports and shit like that. And like, I play in a fucking extreme metal band, you know? And it's like, yeah, like I didn't see this movie as anti-male or that's not really what I got out of it. Like I said before, I, I just got out of it. What a shitty guy Again, I, again, and you could flip this. You could totally flip this. I just what a, a shitty person can do to somebody with a suicide. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I looked at it in a very different way, I guess, and 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 put the whole occult folklore thing to the side. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think you needed that, actually. I mean, I don't know, but I guess I could see how some people. Again, it's it's very split, like two point fives and. Three out of fives and interesting. I don't know. Um, again, it's it's not an easy film. It's a difficult film. It's it's not an easy, you know, feel. It's not a feel good horror film, as they say. Um, but it's a fucking good movie. It's a good, very good movie. I thought. Yeah, I, I really dug it, man. Uh, and I was really surprised actually by how much I liked it because I had I had a bias actually going into this movie to be honest. You know, I was prepared not to like it. Yeah. Uh, Peter Travers of ABC News. This is an interesting with the male need to control women hitting a new flashpoint. Alex Garland's urgent, urgent provocation starts the great Jesse Buck stars, the great Jesse Buckley as a widow threatened on all side by toxic masculinity. Though Garland is stingy with answers. His implications are incendiary. Well, that was a good review. Um, yeah, it's it's it is about toxic masculinity to a degree but i don't know not in a way where it's like some of our listeners would be like oh i can't wait to see this movie you know what i'm saying like well i mean let's be real man i mean that's not without i mean men didn't earn that without reason you know what i mean i'm not saying like look i don't look here before you guys get crazy out there you gotta remember this mike hill talking here i'm not i'm not trying to be like some woke asshole but like the reality is like Men do fucked up shit. 
Yes. You know? And and uh, you know, gaslighting, abuse, you know, threatening to kill yourself, <laughs> like you know, like mm. just general weakness. You know, mm-hmm. those those are like that shit happens, man. You know, and yeah. it, and it's naive to think that that's not part of the man woman experience. You know what I mean? Right. And for Alex Garland to put to put that with an with an occult green man backdrop is fucking really cool. I mean, I I've never you know it, it's original. I think it's an original concept. Totally. No? Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's like you know in this day and age, I don't. I think. You know, I don't know. I, I, if I were a filmmaker, I don't think I would make a film like that this in this day and age. But like, hmm. you know. But then again, if a woman made it, I probably would have a different feeling about it too. Yeah. Um, look, I, I would urge our listeners to fucking see this movie and decide for yourself. Um, some will like it. Some will love it. Some will not like it. Uh, I give this a super solid four out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. You know, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm movie. on board, you know, and totally, yeah. um, you know, I, I want to see his other films, which I'm sure are quite different from this film. Um, but if he wants to do another like horror film, I will check that shit out, you know? Yeah. Well, well Ex Machina and Annihilation are horror sci-fi. Oh, okay. I thought they were just sci-fi. No, 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 no. It's, ah. I mean, especially, uh, Annihilation. Annihilation has this kind of Lovecraftian, like, uh, cosmic horror vibe to it uh i would say more so than science fiction really cool and and ex machina is you know it's a hard sci-fi film because it has to do with a you know an android but there's horrific elements to it you know what i mean Mm. and once again that film covers some of the same ground that this movie covers because like let's you know there's a, a male scientist who creates a female android mm-hmm. and there, you know i'll just i'll you could discover that you know there's there's sketchiness associated with all that stuff too garland wrote wrote 28 days later how about that that's yeah. a fucking great great story great script you know great script yeah yeah absolutely uh, you know uh he he directed dread i love that fucking movie yeah that's uh, great script for it um, but, uh, apparently, yeah, it, it, Carl Urban said, uh, who's in the film, you know, who's obviously the big star of boys now said that, uh, Garland deserves all the credit for directing dread. I, I don't know what the whole brouhaha behind dread is. I need to read that, read up on that. <laughs> yeah. I um, didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that he had any involvement in that movie. Yeah, apparently so. But, um, yeah, folks see this movie. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be like a, a top fiver for a, some, some, you know, on a lot of lists this year, honestly. Uh, a couple of people I know have called this their favorite horror movie of the year so far, which is interesting. I, I, um, I, I, it's up there for me too. And I, I gotta be honest, man. I was shocked at how much I like this. Hmm. Cause you know, like I said, as soon as I remember sitting in the movie theater, at the Menlo Park AMC, watching Nor- the Northman, right? You know, getting ready for some like, you know, fucking male-dominated brutality, you know. And then this trailer comes up, and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh great, you know, 
look at this fucking movie. I probably going to, this is like probably going to tell me about what a piece of shit I am, you know, when I, when I go watch it. But so I went into it with that bias, man. But I, I, I gotta be honest, man. I fucking liked it a lot. Four out of five. Yeah. I don't, I do not think that's what this movie does. No, it does not. Um, Dread uh, also features uh, Lena Headey. Who? Lena Headey. Oh, yeah. That's right. From uh, Game of Thrones. Big fan of hers. Oh, she's great. Next week, House of the Dragon. Looking forward to that. New Game of Thrones. Hell yeah. That's uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, You know, we're we're Game of Thrones fans. Hell yes. You know, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. No pressure for that one to be a hit. No pressure. <laughs> no, 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 of course not, man. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. But um, yeah, this was a fun episode. Thank you all for listening and checking us out. If you're new, we welcome you. If you're an old timer, thank you for sticking around. Uh, please, please be sure to subscribe to our show via either uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Right, Mike? That's right, man. And, uh, you know, we'll be uh, coming at you guys every every Necro Thursday. Hashtag Necro Thursday. Necro Thursday. I like it, Mike. I like it. Yeah, man. Talk to you guys next week. See you next time.